Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl, Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? I got a lot. I got a lot going on. I'm actually heading out to a sales meeting today, and in not not too not too much longer, I'm actually taking Selling from the Heart over to Europe. So that's going to be fantastic, and I just can't wait. I can't wait for Selling from the Heart to hit the Mediterranean, Larry. <laughs> I got to say, I'm so excited for you. A tad bit jealous, but it's great to see the message of authenticity resonating. Um, literally all over the world. And by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing international community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, it's a, it's a good time right now out there, and, and it's a good time to do things a little bit differently. And I just want to give a shout out as we begin to our friends over at Send Out Cards. And I love seeing the reaction that we get from, from different people. And many of you uh, have started using send out cards. It's so fun seeing the reaction uh, when people get an actual physical card in the, this world of email and social. Well, you know, no, it's interesting because actually where I'm going this afternoon all stemmed from a prospecting effort I was doing that I just did a little bit of homework and I sent this person a send out card, which kickstarted a conversation, which kickstarted a face to face meeting, which then kickstarted me actually working with their sales team this afternoon. Yeah, All from so just cool. the whole relationship aspect of finding something that that person loved and turning it into a card. Man, I, it's just so cool when you put that personal touch on it. And uh, boy, selling from the heart, check it out actually at cards dot selling from the heart dot net. You can actually send your first card for free. Larry, we have a fantastic guest today and a very interesting conversation. Um, so I can't wait to jump into this, this today. I know everyone's going to get a lot out of it. Why don't you introduce our guests and let's get this rolling. Well, I've, I've admired Meredith Elliott Powell for a while from afar. And then I had the pleasure to meet her at Outbound not too long ago, actually three, four weeks ago. And, you know, real quick, I've come to find out she's one of the coolest ladies I know. So without further ado, I just want to dive into this. So welcome Meredith Elliott Powell to Selling from the Heart. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here and right back at you. You, uh, you're one of the coolest guys I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give Larry a big head. It's, it's, uh, a <laughs> Hey, Meredith, as we get started today, before we, we jump into our conversation, I'm just curious when you hear the words selling from the heart, what does that spark inside of you? Yeah, you know, it is, um, I mean, that is really what sales is. I mean, when I think about selling from the heart, I think it means the thing that pops into my mind is caring. And, and you know, sales can be such an ugly word. I mean, I, I just did a, a conference um, last week where they said, oh, please don't use the word sales. Please, please call it business development. Don't use the term sales. And, um, and I think it's because we, um, we don't teach sales as if it were selling from the heart. I mean, the truth is 
we all sell every day. We get a kid to eat a vegetable. We get a spouse or a significant other to, to, you know, to eat healthier, our friends to go to a movie. Selling from the heart is about caring about your customer and doing the right thing. It's as simple as that. And if you do that, you'll succeed. Yeah. But, but Hey, Meredith, here's the, here's the interesting thing. And, and, um, and I always told people, you know what, some people may be able to outsell me and some people may be able to outsmart me, but you won't find anyone who can out care me. And I think that's mm-hmm. the root of this, but you know, throwing this out on the table is I think we all know this, but why do you think it just gets brushed aside? I know I have, I have a theory about that. That is, that is based in no scientific research or study, but, um, but I know I'm right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> throw it at us. <laughs> and um and that is because um because really i believe since um since really since 2008 and everything has become uh you know we went through the economic downturn whenever things are uncertain or you go through um heavily competitive times or you know you have a downturn in the economy we get scared and when we get scared we get focused on ourselves and when you're focused on yourself, you'll put your goals ahead of your customers' goals. The irony is that we're living in a time right now where the script flipped, right? And the customer's in control. And if they don't feel cared about, they'll move on. And so it's finally, you know, we've been talking about relationship selling. Oh my gosh, I can take it all the way back to the 80s. But post-2008 is really the time, in my opinion, when it matters. It truly now is. Do it for the moral reason. It's the reason you ought to. But if that's not working for you, it is your competitive <laughs> advantage right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, it uh, as we were talking before the show, this this last decade has has certainly opened up a new era of uncertainty in the business world, hasn't it? Oh, it, it's, it's just unbelievable. You know, um, every company that I walk into, their number one challenge is, even if they're doing well, if I say, what are you worried about? How are things going? I'll say, oh, just dealing with all this uncertainty. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I think it even goes back to, I think too many people are paying attention to the noise that's out there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, we were speaking and then they, they paralyze their minds. Okay. I'm just not going to do anything because they're so, they're not focused on internal stuff. They're focused on everything they hear via social outlets and everything like that. I don't care what social outlet it is. They're just so much focused on that, that they just lose sight of what's really important. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think that, um, you know, all this uncertainty is creating so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as a company, there's, you know, do you become global? Do you, um, do you decide to niche and only sell in the Southeast? Do you sell to one particular industry? Do you sell a multitude of products or specialize in one product? Do you go high tech or do you stay customer focused? I think that another thing, I think the uncertainty is creating so much opportunity that it's paralyzing people because they feel like, they don't know what to do or which way um, to go. And so uncertainty has become this negative um, in, in whether it's sales or whether it's business growth in general. And once it becomes a negative, it becomes an obstacle and an obstacle stalls you. It blocks you. It keeps you paralyzed, as you said, and prevents you from being, um, prevents you from going forward. Wow. You know, if you think about the context of now being a a B2B salesperson walking into that on virtually every single call, 
how do we, how can we flip the script on this uncertainty to turn it into an asset? Because I, I agree, man, uncertainty is fear, right? It, and fear is paralyzing. Mm-hmm. How do we, in, how do we, how do we, how do we begin to turn this uncertainty into an asset or at least deal with it to get it out of the way? I know you're thinking a lot yeah, about yeah. these days. I am. I am. I'm not only thinking a lot about it. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> and, and, uh, and the reason the reason I am is because um, you know isn't that isn't that what sales and business growth is about? It's about looking at the marketplace and trying to look for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as I, and as I talk to people, everybody seems to be stalled by this idea of uncertainty. So if you could flip the script, if you could say that uncertainty isn't an obstacle, it's a competitive advantage. Boom, you just found the hole in the marketplace. You just found the opportunity. And I think that the first thing we've got to do is flip the script, is to decide that rather than uncertainty being something that stops us, what if you started to view it as something that, that created, that was creating opportunity for you? And, and I get that that sounds simple, but here's mm-hmm. the problem with uncertainty. And the problem with uncertainty is that it is, it is change, but it is change on steroids. I mean, what it means is we know that change is going to happen. We just don't know what that change is going to be, exactly when it will happen, or what impact it will have on us or our customers. No wonder we fear it, right? I mean, that's a huge looming cloud over us. But what, from studying and researching organizations that are thriving in uncertainty, what I've learned is they have decided and understood that if you see change coming, it's your greatest opportunity. If you ignore it, it will bury you. So right. what are the things that you're doing to begin to predict the future and the changes that are coming? Interesting. You know, but, but, but here, I, I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy and, and I, and I started listening to this and, and, and I do buy into it, but I said, you know what? Change is happening all around us, Meredith. And even in the simple, even in the simple context of things, we, we deal with it, right? Just, let's just look at technology. If, if we didn't, if we didn't adapt and change to how technology is helping us do things, where would we be? And I just, you know, I just look at a simple thing like a smartphone. Everyone's had to change and adapt around that. And, and that's what I'm, that's what my challenge is to everybody is, hey, you know what? Change is happening around us all the time. You slowly adapt to it, but you adapt to the things that are just, you think are normal. And I don't know if I'm speaking out of context on this, but that's just, you know, that's just my thought. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I, um, I think that there are those of us who are more adaptable to change and, and those that aren't. The other is, the multiple ways that, I mean, even use the smartphone, how many different smartphones can you choose? How many different things can you do with, um, you know, with a smartphone? When you think about the changes with the economy, politics, technology, yeah. customer competition, all the change that, that an organization's got to deal with, it can seem overwhelming. But the way to get good at mastering uncertainty is condition yourself for uncertainty. One reason that we don't like change is because we wait for change to show up at our door, right? But what if we, you know, what if we started to condition ourselves for change? I mean, we know that change is going to happen with the economy, technology, customers, competition. The more you talk about change, the more you think about change, the more you're prepared for change. And the more you're prepared for change, you'll start to see the marketplace of the future before 
it, before it arrives. You can actually predict your future by starting to create it now. Interesting. Wow. Practically speaking, yeah, this is so good. This is so good. My mind is going in 18 different directions right now on this. I love it. Um, you know, I'm thinking now from, from a practical standpoint, um, two things, but the first one is as, as a sales rep in this, in this economy, in this marketplace, you said earlier, and, and I agree wholeheartedly that when there's uncertainty, there's fear. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, we can make an assumption that, uh, whenever, whenever we're walking into an opportunity, walking into an account, that there's going to be some fear in the room, especially as when a salesperson walks in, I mean, we sell change, right? I mean, that's ultimately we're, we're selling, give, do something different. So we're, we're, when we walk in the room, there's already an atmosphere of fear. Would y'all agree on that? Absolutely. Yeah. So proactively mm-hmm. let's think together, you know, knowing that we're walking into an atmosphere of, of fear that that, relational dynamic is there, what can we do um, to start to dissipate some of that fear? What, what a great question. Um, you know, and I think, because I do think it is the new role of the salesperson mm-hmm. is that sales in general has been um, at best slightly proactive, but for the most part, we're reactive. We go in and we ask the questions of, tell me what your opportunities are. Tell me what your biggest challenges are. And I listen to try to figure out how my products, how my current products can solve your needs. But I feel like now our job as salespeople is to help our customers navigate those changes, help them think about what their marketplace is going to look like going forward, which means when I go in there, I do realize that my customer is a little bit stalled by some of the things that, um, that are happening. So getting that conversation opened up and tell me what's going on in your industry. Tell me about the shifts and changes that are happening with your customers. What's happening with competition and helping them start to think about what their marketplace is going to look like two and three years from now and what you can be doing to help them achieve that goal. I think that our role as salespeople has changed far past being somebody who solves today's current problems. I think if we truly want to be um, legendary in our field, we have to be helping our customers now solve the problems that they're going to have two to three years from now. Yeah. You know, and, and I, and I wholeheartedly agree, but, and here's what's interesting. And, and I see it, and I know you probably see it, Meredith, and I know Daryl does as well as sales reps all over the place struggle with just the basic form of asking great questions. They're going to drive a great conversation to uncover that. And, and they, I yeah, they go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go. No, no, no. You go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 you. No, I see it, and and they and and it's because all and it's just from my experiences, all the coaching and 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 all the you know practice has been around product centric questions, right? Just ask a few questions to get an answer to pounce on it, but no one's really digging in deep. And I think the art of great questions that's going to open that up. I mean, we really need to work on that, and that's the missing link, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely think, and I think that's got to shift in sales leadership. Yeah, I feel like um, sales leadership is too focused on the moment. 
Um, and, and kind of, and now we're back up elevated to what our original, um, our original challenge is. And that is how does a company thrive in uncertainty? And, and they've got to, you know, from the top, you've got to start looking at what is it going to take to really hold on to a customer long-term? What is it going to take to differentiate ourselves in, um, in the marketplace? And what is it going to, you know, what is it going to take to really stay ahead of the competition? And what it's going to take is just like are the organizations we sell to have got to change. We've got to change our approach to sales. We certainly have to do everything we can to take care of our customers in the moment, but where we're going to add value, what's going to get us price and what's going to get us loyalty is, are we selling in a way that's guiding and helping our customers get towards the future? And I see so little of that. Boom. There's your opportunity in the marketplace. If your competitors are not doing that, now's your opportunity to put yourself out one step ahead. Yep. Meredith, I got the light bulbs just flashing right now in my in my head. And I think that, you know, I think that the, the, the light bulb moment for me is so many questions we ask are trying to uncover a problem and propose a solution. And a lot of them are backward looking. Um, and what we need to be doing is asking more questions about the possibilities of the future. And, and instead of solving problems, helping create strategy to get to, to where we need to go. The uncertainty is the problem and it is, mm-hmm. you know, it is the opportunity and, and we can walk into, you know, I, I see if a future where sales reps ask um, less questions about the past and the current problems and more questions about that are aspirational about the future and the, the possibilities and where the company is going and helping them navigate that, that going forward. I, and, and to me, that, that is a game changer in a sales conversation to be forward looking instead of backward looking. I, 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 completely, um, I completely agree. I know with, um, with my clients, my current clients, and those are clients I'm still selling to, right? I want those relationships to be there, um, to be there long term. And, and one thing that I do with them is I insist that at least twice a year, we have a conversation, just a brainstorming session with their leadership team. Sometimes that's two people. Sometimes that's 20 people. Depends on the size of the company that I'm dealing with. So it doesn't size in this case doesn't um, matter. And we just sit down and have a conversation about, tell me what's going on. What do you see happening with the economy? What do you see happening politically? How is technology impacting your industry? What do you see happening down the road. Tell me about competitors, current ones you're dealing with and ones that you see coming down the road. That exercise is one so valuable to them because it forces them to think about the future. But I've got to tell you, it is a gold mine for me in two ways. Number one is I learn exactly how to help my customer. I learn exactly where their pain points are, exactly where their um, opportunities um, are. The other is it helps me understand for my own business how to remain relevant. Yep. Mm. What is the world going to look like for my customer going forward? And how do my products and services and offerings need to change if I'm going to remain relevant to them? And I think those are two key places that salespeople need to be paying attention to and need to get out of their box and be acting differently because you may be selling an amazing product right now that may be totally irrelevant two years from now. Yep. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. 
Yeah, this is um, this is such a great. I can't believe we're, we're starting to bump up against our our time here, Meredith. This is such a captivating topic and conversation. I can see how and why you're obsessed with it. And I, I can't wait to continue this conversation and follow your thought leadership in this area over the months and years to come. Because I think this is, um, you know, you said, how do I remain relevant and identifying this trend, this mega trend of uncertainty is a massive key for sales professionals to remain relevant, especially in a world that um, transactional business is obviously moving um, to more automated uh, ways to get things done. The value that we're going to be at, able to add as sales reps going forward into the next uh, decade and beyond is, is truly being consultative. And I think that consultative for me today, this, this light bulb moment is the consultative nature is not backwards looking as much as it's forward looking and, and uncertainty. Wow. I'm just, I, you've got me, I'm not going to sleep for three days. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, you're, you're, so full, you're so full, you know what, but you know what? It actually sparked because I'm just taking notes. So now I know what I'm writing about this weekend. Thanks, Meredith. Good. <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, it's funny. It is definitely a conversation we have got to, um, we have got to continue because as I said, I've been obsessed with it for about a year now. And yeah. it's taken me a year of research, talking to companies, listening to customers to be even to begin to wrap my arms around how to solve the problem, how to conquer uncertainty. And, um, and it is something I've really committed myself to, um, for the next year, I've got a book coming out in uh, beginning of, um, of 2020, uh, uh, about it, but it awesome. is, I really, really believe that if you master this piece, once we solve this problem, when we write the methodology of how to do it, this is the next great frontier. And this is the opportunity for, um, for sales professionals going forward. Mm. So, so as we wrap, um, you said earlier, and I think this would be a great place to, to land, um, and challenge our, ourselves and our audience to do some self-reflection, as you said earlier, that uncertainty drives fear. And when you are afraid, you tend to focus on yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Unpack that for just a few moments in terms of the impact of that on salespeople in today's yeah. environment. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, when, what I see with, um, you know, we are living in a hyper competitive marketplace not to mention the fact that everybody's waiting for the bottom to drop out of the economy. We don't know if it's going to be next summer. We don't know if it's going to be four years from now. We don't even know if it's ever going to happen, but there's so much negativity floating out of um, there. And I believe that it's human nature when there is fear in the, you know, in the air, we tend to become self protective. Mm -hmm. How do I make sure that I keep my job, that I hit my goals, that I do the things that I want to do and add to that that most of our rewards and incentive uh, um, programs are set up like that. The problem with it is that when 2008-2010 happened, um, it began a shift in the marketplace and that was a shift where the customer became in control. Um, they get to decide what they buy, where they buy it, when they buy it, where in the world they buy it and from whom they buy it. We are not selling a product in today's marketplace. We are selling ourselves and an experience. Mm. And that experience begins with if a customer does not feel cared about, yep. then if it doesn't feel good, they can go somewhere else to get the product. And I think that salespeople really need 
to understand that, that um, to get off this idea that the customer needs you more than you need them. And when, and when you need them more, you've got to be selling from selling from the heart before you're selling the product or service. You've got to learn to invest in the customer before you invest in them. It does not work long-term. You know, that the, you said that the customer needs, uh, you need the customer more than they need you, but you know, the more that we embrace um, uncertainty and, and being able to coach and, and inspire our clients and prospects through uncertainty, we become more relevant and more needed maybe yeah. than ever before. And that part of it is exciting. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think there is, I think if you understand the shifts, if you have the courage to do things differently, I think you're about to move into the most powerful position you have ever yep. been in, but it requires you to let go of how you've thought about selling before. And it's quite frankly, it's a far more fun, interesting yeah. and sustainable way to sell. Wow. Well, and, and, and you know what, you know, what's, what's interesting about it is it's actually fun because if you can do that, watch what starts happening to the relationships and the conversations that you start having having, I can guarantee you, cause I've, I've I'm living through it is they, mm-hmm. it's a game changer. It's actually a game yes. changer. The things that you start unpacking when you do that. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, because right, because you, you find the way to seriously be relevant and to, um, and to really add advantage. I was walking, um, a client through that exercise. Um, I don't know about a, about a month ago. And what we really landed on was the fact that the only thing that was um, impeding his growth of where he wanted to take his company was his ability to, um, to develop talent, to get the right people to do those types of things. And we were able to design and develop a product that um, is really adding to the future of his company, but it's also created a whole nother product offering um, for me and a whole nother way to add value. The great thing about it was I didn't develop a product and then try to go out there and sell it. I was working with my client, we heard a need, and then we figured out a way together to fill that need. And let me tell you, that, that product is now so easy to sell to other people because it was, it was created from the customer point of view. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Well, Meredith, thank you so much. What an inspiring conversation. And as I said, I'm, I'm probably not going to sleep for three days. This is, this is going <laughs> to be going for a while. I love it. I love your heart behind all of this. I love your um, enthusiasm that you bring to the sales profession, just on behalf of all of us. Just thank you for who you are and what you do. Um, you're, well, you're- thank you. This has been this has been an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, man. Well, to everyone else out there, we just want to challenge you. Keep being real. Keep being genuine. Keep being authentic. Keep doing the hard work. Embrace uncertainty. And most of all, sell from the heart.